0: Hello and welcome to the Nutrition by Carmen podcast. A brand new episode for you today. If you're listening on Monday morning and you're caught up with all the episodes, thank you so much for listening and supporting me. If you're new to the podcast, I really hope you're enjoying the episodes. If you have any comments or feedback for me, please feel free to reach out on Instagram. It's at Nutrition by Carmen, or you can always message me here at the bottom of the show notes in the episode. Now, as I always say, movement is medicine. And so if you are sitting down and listening to this episode I would so love it if you could stand up and walk around your apartment or just hit pause and grab your AirPods, get some shoes on and go outside and get some fresh air because you'll get some really great information hopefully in this episode while also doing something incredible for your body by moving your body. So You can do that and I will introduce the topic of this new episode and that is the most important habits I've learned after my fat loss journey. Now in previous episodes I spoke about my personal journey with food, growing up with food, fat loss and all of that sort of stuff and you'll have also heard about How I lost the fat that I did and I kept it off and I think there are so many people out there that have had incredible fat loss success but we don't talk about the most important pillars that keep that fat off of our bodies because I'm sure you've heard it once or twice or even ten times before that the hardest part of fat loss is actually keeping the fat off. And that is very true. Um, There is a statistic out there that within the first five years of fat loss, over 90% of people will put on all the fat back that they have lost. And so I think a part of that has to do with all the fad diets, the diet culture out there. But I want to kind of try and change that in speaking about success after fat loss, because I think if we're able to talk about the positives, then that will help people continue on their health journey, their fat loss journey, whatever it is. And so I'm going to outline the most important habits I've learned But these are also similar habits that my successful fat loss clients have also learned as well. So the behaviors that they've implemented are also just as important. And so I really wanted to share the top few with all of you to let you know this is what's happening, as well as if you are somebody that has lost fat and you're looking at ways to really sustain it and implement it and keep up with it, then hopefully one out of these few habits, behaviors um, might help you. So let's dive right in. So I'm going to start with what is probably the most important habit um, that I have implemented, my clients have implemented, and they've done this successfully. And that is planning, planning, planning. So I have said this quote on my Instagram before. If you don't follow me, I would love if you followed me at Nutrition by Carmen. I post silly reels, serious reels, silly posts, serious posts, all the stuff. Um, So I would appreciate if you gave me a follow. But if you have followed me on Instagram for a while, you will have probably heard me use this quote a few times. And that is... Failing to plan is planning to fail. And I'll say that again. Failing to plan is planning to fail. And I really believe this quote to be true, especially when it comes to healthy eating, exercising, and just being on a health journey in general. And so before I was on my fat loss journey, I would never, ever Think ahead as to what I was going to have for dinner lunch or even breakfast food was never a thought really in my mind until it came down to actually being hungry and so it was always a bit of a free-for-all and you know I don't know if anyone listening right now has been in this situation before but you know when you open up the fridge and you just stand there staring. (laughs) So that was a very common occurrence for me because I had no food prepped ever. Nothing really was ready to go, and so I was always in the situation of opening up the fridge, staring in there, wondering what it was I was going to eat, and most of the time, closing the fridge door, and ordering something going out for food instead or i would also go to the grocery store when i was so hungry which the message i give now about going to the grocery store when hungry is not to do that (laughs) because you know when you're hungry and you're in a place that has all the foods that you love you will likely go for a more indulgent a higher calorie option than if you went to the grocery store after a meal when you're full and satisfied and so that is what I would typically do and so as I've been on my fat loss health journey I have implemented and developed habits that allow me to plan and prep meals meal ID ideas on a weekly basis now When I talk about meal planning or meal prep, I'm not talking about having 21 Tupperware containers out on your counter on Sunday night filled with all the same foods for your meals for the week ahead. Though, on that note, I have had some clients currently and in the past that absolutely love Sunday meal prep. That works for them, it works for their schedules, and that is how those particular clients plan their meals. And so I am so supportive of that, if that fits and works with your lifestyle. But for me personally, that isn't something that I love to do, though I do love to have some sort of plan in place for my meals. Um, And so when I'm talking about that, I'm talking about having basics on hand ready to go so that any given moment there is some sort of healthy options right at my fingertips and so for example some of the things i'm chatting about here are staples that we usually have in our house in our fridge in our cupboards and those might be things like rolled oats you all know i'm a huge fan of overnight oats Um, We always have Greek yogurt in the fridge. There's always some sort of frozen fruit in the freezer. We usually have cheese in the fridge and a variety of fruits and vegetables throughout the week. Um, I love seafood and fish, and so I might have some frozen fish in the freezer or canned fish, like I love sardines, tuna, salmon. Um, and then always some sort of dried starchy carb on hand. So pasta rice couscous quinoa um, I usually will have bread either fresher in the freezer and Protein powder. So those are kind of staples that are always around always on hand and so you know on days that I don't maybe have fresh chicken or fresh fish Um, we always have kind of what I like to call ready-to-go, healthy, whole foods. And so come that instance, again, where I open up the fridge, instead of staring, wondering what meal I could possibly create, I can come up with something within two minutes. So whether it's a salad with tuna and veggies, a really delicious smoothie, some sort of sandwich with veggies and fruit on the side, you know there's never that what am i going to eat moment um because with those staples i can create some sort of really healthy filling and satisfying meal and i know that planning as the number one thing i've learned might seem you know pretty small but a hundred percent of my nutrition clients have found the value in planning And again, it's not a crazy meal prep. It's just having things on hand, ready to go so that the guesswork is taken out of the equation and you've got something that you know is healthy that will fit and suit your lifestyle, your goals, and you don't have to think about it. So planning, planning, planning is number one. The second thing that I have learned and implemented over the years, and I help my clients with this as well, is to set realistic expectations. So I was close to 40 pounds overweight, and when I started my health journey, I told myself, I'll do what I need to do in a healthy way to shed this excess weight while also enjoying my life at the same time. Instead of saying, I'm going to lose all this weight in six weeks by cutting out this and that or the other. And if you listen to the episode about my personal story, you will have heard that I have tried many, many fad diets, cleanses, detoxes, hoping that that weight would come off and surprising news, it never did. And so when I went into my more recent health journey, i came at it from a different perspective in that i didn't set a timeline i didn't set unrealistic expectations i knew i had gained this weight over a number of years and because that's the case i realized that i am not going to lose that weight sustainably in a number of days and so just setting that intention right from the get-go really helped make it a more enjoyable process. And so this is also something I really encourage my nutrition coaching clients to do as well. I get them to set realistic goals and expectations because when we do that, they are more likely to be achieved. And it's also a much more enjoyable experience and process. Um because really at the end of the day, if you're doing this in a sustainable long-term way, it should actually be enjoyable. It should not be miserable. And so again, I will have some clients that come to me saying they've put on 20 to 30 pounds over the last couple of years because of the pandemic. And that is okay. I know that's happened to so many people, but the reality is those 20 or 30 pounds will not come off in a sustainable way in six weeks and so we implement that right away so that it's set in their minds that okay this is going to take some time but i'm doing it in a way that is a lifestyle it's long term and i can sustain this and you know because nutrition healthy living movement exercise that is something that we are going to have to live with for the rest of the life our lives and so when people are rushing to lose weight as fast as possible, I always kind of ask them, you know, what is the rush here? Like, what are you rushing for? And so if we can kind of change that mindset, that mind frame to think about slow and steady process, that is exactly what we want. And so that would be my second most important thing I've learned is to set realistic expectations and goals And that actually also applies to every other area of life, not just health and nutrition. So hopefully that is helpful for some of you as well. Um, The next one I'm not going to spend too much time chatting about because I did an entire podcast episode on that. And that other important thing is to not rely solely on what the scale says. And if you have followed me and listened to me for a while, you probably will think, my gosh, this woman just talks about the scale all the time. It is true because I want to hit the point home that the scale is not the be all and end all when it comes to fat loss. And, you know, growing up, I really only knew that the scale Was either a good or bad thing so when you stepped on it and the number was down that was good if I stepped on it the number was up that is bad there is so much that goes into that number on the scale and so if you did not listen to that podcast episode I would highly recommend you go back and take a listen to it Um, but again that is one of the things I've learned and implemented I do not rely solely on the number on the scale I listen to things like, you know, how are my energy levels? What is my mood like? How are my clothes actually fitting? Um, I have just recently come back from three weeks away in Argentina. I can tell you right now that every article of clothing is a little snug. And so I do not need to step on the scale for me to know that I probably put on a few pounds. I can tell that by the way my clothes are fitting. And so that is why I like to really focus on things like that and measure progress in other ways that isn't just stepping on the scale. So again, I'm not going to go more into it than that because there's a whole episode out there for you guys on the scale. So highly recommend listening to that if you have not already. Now, The next one that is so important and it is so underrated, we all know how important it is, but nobody really likes to talk about it too much because it's kind of a boring topic, to be honest, is the importance of sleep and good quality sleep. So I am a lucky individual in that I've always been quite a solid sleeper. Um, I usually get at least seven hours of sleep every single night and it's usually uninterrupted sleep, which is, I know, super important and I'm very grateful I am that type of person that has great sleeps. However, as I'm getting older, I value sleep so much. Like it is probably the top of my list beside planning, um... So when I actually look back at sort of younger years in high school, I would stay up until four o'clock in the morning with friends, drinking, doing all that kind of stuff. And then I would have a soccer game at 10 a.m. So I would sleep for a few hours, go play a full 90 minutes of soccer, go home and do my thing. And I just, wrapping my head around that now is sort of like, it's hard to believe that I was, I could do that, but it is something I would not even think about doing now. And you know, it's just funny because people find the topic, as I said earlier, of sleep so boring. And we know that sleep is so important, but sometimes we don't actually know why it's so important for our overall health. And so there is so much about sleep. And so a couple of examples here, If we don't get enough sleep you might find that you are a type of person that is constantly getting sick you might have cold after cold or you know whatever it is but you're always a bit under the weather and so not to get too scientific but we have cells in our body called T cells and so those cells are part of our immune system And so when we don't get enough good quality sleep, those T cells decrease and inflammation increases, which basically means that you are susceptible to bacteria and viruses. There's an increased risk of getting sick as well as an increased risk of getting more inflammatory related illnesses and even heart disease. That is all part of that. And so lack of sleep diminishes those cells. And so if you are someone, like I just mentioned, that is finding yourself constantly sick and under the weather and just not feeling great, look at your sleep and just see how much sleep and quality of sleep you're getting because that might be the answer to feeling better. Um, Now, one other thing, if you are not getting enough sleep and you're struggling to lose body fat, there could be a correlation there as well. So poor sleep is actually linked to excess body fat because with poor sleep, your appetite regulation is disrupted, which can cause you to feel more hungry when you wake up and during the day. And that often leads to an excess of calories over the course of that next day. So if you think about a night or a time that you had a really crappy sleep, and I know I can remember one, I had a really late night, there was drinking involved and a really nice dinner involved. I had to get up super early, had nothing prepared, and so I went to the a w drive-thru because that was what my body needed, but I knew that because it was a lack of sleep, it was short a short amount of sleep not very good quality you know my body didn't get the chance to regulate hunger hormones appetite and all that kind of stuff and so you know there is so much that goes into the effects of poor sleep and i would be more than happy to do a podcast episode on that if you're interested in it Um, if you are send me a message on instagram or send me an email um because if that is something you'd love more information on i would be so happy to share that because that is one of the most underrated tools when it comes to fat loss is sleep it does so much for our body and you know while you're sleeping your muscles are repairing if you did a workout your cells are regenerating just so much happens in that good quality sleep time that it's so important so I have certainly learned the power of sleep if you are to send me a text message after 9 p.m. I probably will not reply because I put my phone on do not disturb I get into bed and I read a book so if you're messaging me after 9 that is why you're not getting a response and I am good with that and you will get a reply in the morning now A couple more things that I want to share is for me personally, and I know so many people out there, friends, family, and even current clients, past clients, I know what foods are really hard for me to resist. And so something I have learned and I've implemented on a a consistent basis is very simple. Do not bring those foods into the house so if the foods that are hard to resist are not there in your house to begin with how can you eat them you can't it's as simple as that and i know that might sound silly to some people like okay that is pretty obvious but i have had a couple clients tell me that they didn't think that was a realistic approach to not have their favorite foods in the house But then those same clients would also say that they were struggling with controlling the consumption of those foods. And so my point here is just recognizing that it might be difficult if you are an ice cream lover, having a pint of your favorite ice cream in the freezer would be really, really hard if you are working on the willpower to get away from that kind of thing. Um, And so I'm just saying, if you're prioritizing your health and your health journey is important to you, then maybe it's just a matter of having those tempting foods out of your home for a short period of time until you bring them back slowly and can enjoy them when you want and control the amount of those foods that you have. So for me, for example, Reese's Pieces chips or ice cream those are three really tough things for me to have in the house because i love them all so much and if i know they're in the house i cannot stop thinking about them even if i have finished a meal and i am full i think well i could just have a reese's cup or a couple scoops of ice cream like it's that's no big deal which it is no big deal but i'm just saying You know, if you're trying to get onto a really healthy path, you want to set your food environment up for success. You want to make it as easy on you as possible. And so we want to kind of take that pressure off by having those tempting foods in the cupboard if you're not able to resist them. And that is something I work on with my nutrition clients as well. And we typically start our programs by doing a cleanup of the freezer, the fridge, the pantry, Um, and then over the course of their program, we slowly implement those things back so that they can learn to live with having those really delicious, fun foods back in the house. Um, Again, because that's all part of life. And I will say, if there are days where I'm like, I'm getting a Reese's cup or I'm gonna get some tortilla chips and salsa, I will get those things and enjoy them wholeheartedly know that I am buying them to consume them and I want to do that. And so it's just being a bit more aware of those feelings and cravings, hunger, all that kind of stuff. And so definitely that was not the case growing up or even a few years ago when I moved out because It was amazing being able to buy your own groceries it was sort of like chips here ice cream there chocolate here but now it is sort of like you know those are things to have every once in a while and so i'm definitely a person that struggles having some of those things in the house and if you are as well just know that that is okay but you have the choice to remove those things out so that you aren't tempted and it isn't a constant stressor or thing that you're thinking about as well now the next one i want to chat about is the importance of eating a wide variety of foods but also having similar meals so again if you have followed me on instagram or have seen me post any photos You may have thought, like, how boring are Carmen's meals? She always posts about overnight oats. She's always talking about the wraps she makes, the sandwiches, the rice bowls, whatever it is. How boring, I totally get that. So yes, if I was to say one of the most successful traits of someone who has lost fat and have kept it off One of those traits is probably somebody that eats similar meals time and time again. And those people will often rotate through a variety of meals. And that's kind of what I do. So you want to kind of take the guesswork out of what you're going to have every single week. Because that can be tedious when there's just so much else going on in your life. So, you know, overnight oats, smoothies, wraps with different protein sources, rice bowls, pasta dishes, omelets, salad rolls, egg white cups, um, salads. Those are all meals I rotate through. But on the same token with that is I make sure to have a wide variety of, of foods to support each of those things. So for example, one week I'll have maybe a few wraps, but one will be a chicken wrap and then I'll have a breakfast wrap with eggs. And then maybe I'll have a wrap with ground beef and make it more of a burrito. So, yes, I'm still having a wrap three times a week, but to me, in my mind, they're three different meals because there's three different protein sources, three different varieties of food. Um, you know, same goes for pasta dishes. I'll have the same type of pasta, but maybe I'll do a tomato sauce with roasted veggies and some chicken thigh, or I'll have pasta and just do something simple with like olive oil. Um, some salt and pepper, cheese, and fish, um, or I'll make a spaghetti with some turkey meatballs or something. So, again, it's the foundation of those meals that are the same, but the ingredients are different, which makes it so much more enjoyable. It's not boring, it's not the same. It's something to look into and look forward to. And, you know, every so often you can look into new recipes, see how you can modify things or change things. But for me personally, it just makes my week of eating so much easier because I kind of have those go-tos that I know will be good, satisfying, but I can have red meat, I can have poultry, I can have fish, I can have eggs, I can have beans, whatever. There's a whole variety. And so that is really one of the top habits I've learned and implemented because Earlier on, when I was um, vegan for six months, I think I ate the same three things, honestly, for six months. Um, It was a lentil soup, it was a veggie wrap, and it was some sort of pasta with veggies. And that was sort of three meals a day with veggies in between, but that was all I had for six months. And... You know, again, this comes back to a sustainable approach because obviously that was not sustainable for me at all, especially because I did zero research about being vegan and all of that kind of stuff. Um, But also you want to fit nutrition into your lifestyle. And if you're someone that loves to cook and experiment with recipes, that is the best because I really try and encourage my nutrition clients to, peruse the internet, find some recipes that they love. We can look at it together. Most of the time, the recipes fit within our program and experiment with seasonings and spices, herbs, sauces, all that kind of stuff because that is like such a joy of cooking and putting meals together. The last thing you want is to be on some sort of program where all you can quote unquote Use to season your food is salt and pepper. That is so boring. That will not be sustainable. So, all of these methods I've chatted about today are things that have helped me along the way, things that I have learned, things that I continue to implement because they are sustainable habits. The fat has stayed off um, for a number of years. And of course, coming back from a vacation, being a few pounds heavier. I enjoyed the heck out of my vacation, and I am totally good. That clothes are a little tight right now because, again, I can fall back to all of these things I mentioned. I can start planning my meals again. I can buy groceries. I can get the fridge, freezer, and pantry stocked up with those staple foods I chatted about. I can set realistic expectations. You know, if I gain 10 pounds in three weeks, I'm going to just take it one day at a time one meal at a time to get back down to the weight that I feel best at and I'm not going to kill myself and do hours of cardio and restrict carbs and not drink my favorite sparkling wine. I'm going to just take it one day at a time, one meal at a time, make sure the meals are really satisfying and delicious and that is it. So those are some of the top habits, behaviors um that hopefully are helpful to some of you that are on a health journey are off of one and you're trying to find ways to really sustain your progress um you know and these are things that we have to practice on a daily basis um and I think the key is to finding things that don't feel like it's a chore so it just becomes habitual and you don't really have to think about it anymore because you because you've implemented implemented it so often into your everyday life. And so I hope you found that helpful. I've gotten some incredible comments and feedback on some of my podcast episodes and also some follow-up questions on things I might have spoken about and people want more info or clarification and i love that because to me it just makes me so happy that people are listening and enjoying and are curious um, and so kind of like that if there's anything in this episode that you want a little more information or clarity on i am an open book you can message me on instagram you can submit a form on my website, you can send me an email, you can reach out to me in any way that you like and I will always get back to you. And if you are somebody that is looking to get your health, nutrition back on track, I am accepting uh, one-on-one nutrition clients still. Um, I've got some fantastic new clients that have started with me. They are all absolutely crushing their programs. And so if you have been thinking about this for a while, please go to my website. It is www.nutritionbycarmen.com forward slash apply and just fill out that form on there. I will get it and then I'll be in touch and then maybe we can work together and sort something out so that you feel your absolute best as we continue on into this brand new year. So thank you so much for listening. I really hope you enjoyed this episode. I hope it was helpful. And again, I will have another episode for you next Monday, every Monday, all the Mondays. So thank you again for listening and we'll chat with you in the next episode.